This is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey hit five to keep their EFL trophy dreams alive. Good first touch from Kamara, breaking into the box. What can he do? He's got options both ways. Is he going to shoot? He'll go to White, keeps it moving. Stevenson will hit it and Stevenson will score! First Portsmouth goal for Ben Stevenson and it's a good one. Ben Stevenson with the pick of a bunch on Tuesday night with a lovely curled effort into the back of the net. That the Blues second of the game and his first for the club. We'll be going through the events of that midweek win over Gillingham as well as hearing the post-match thoughts of John Lucino. I think first half we were off it in quite a lot of areas and you know second half it was the complete opposite. I thought we were brilliant in the second half and, and fully deserved the four goals that we scored. The men's gaffer to come this hour as well as the head coach of the Pompey women too. Jay Sadler has been talking about the incredible start to the season his side have had as well as the need to keep complacent and take every game as they come. In order to win this league or be a competitor in this league, you need to be consistent with every action, within every training session, within every game, and you need to build that and build that momentum. And We feel like we've built that momentum. We'll hear from Jay there, as well as goalkeeper and captain Hannah Horton, who kept her 50th clean sheet for the club on Sunday. It feels incredible to make that sort of achievement, especially with the team that I'm in, the team that I love, and credit has to go down to my teammates. Like Without them, something like that wouldn't be possible. And on Tuesday, just gone, it was World Mental Health Awareness Day. We'll be touching on that with Jay Sadler again, featuring to talk to us about the measures in place within the Pompey Women's Setup to support players and staff. And we'll also be speaking to Brendan Bone, chairperson of United Minds. We've already seen four guys come to us and we've helped them find counsellors and we're financing that counselling and already we're starting to see the benefit of that. If you've got anything to add to any of tonight's discussion points, then we urge you to get in touch. 81400 is our text number. Begin your messages with the word express. Otherwise, email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or find us at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. So much to drill through between now and seven. So let's get on with it. This is 93.7 Express FM and you're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, good evening and welcome along to tonight's edition of the Football Hour, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you from A to B across the South Coast and through the depths of Hampshire. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. Well, this Sunday, I'll be taking part in this year's Great South Run, as uh, Darren mentioned just before the news there, and helping fundraise for Pompey in the community, who are absolutely wonderful in everything they do in our community, and we're hoping to collectively raise as much as possible to ensure they can continue to provide for support and rubber courses, but they do as well. Big thank you to everybody who has donated um, to my fundraising already. Uh, Ryan Lewis, uh, Stacey and Andrew currently living down under. Keith for his very generous donation as well. Richard and Don Caster too, and 
and Lewis uh, just a few moments ago contributing for the fundraising. You, your, your contributions and your help are very, very much appreciated, not by, not just by myself, but by Pompey in the community as well. For more information on Pompey in the community and how to donate, do head on over to my Twitter profile at Jake Pompey Smith. All of the details can be found at the top uh, inside of my pinned tweet. Right. So we've got the men's head coach, John Massinio, goalkeeper and captain of Portsmouth women's side, Hannah Horton, as well as boss Jay Sadler and Brendan Bone from United Minds, all to feature between now and seven o'clock. With director of the Pompey women's, Eric Colborne, and Blues fan, Jack Hancock, set to join us live on top of those great interviews we've got coming up on the show tonight. But first, let's rewind to Tuesday evening, where Pompey's men welcome League Two Gillingham to Fratton Park for their second group stage game of this season's EFL Trophy. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Left footed in between corner to come for Ports in front of the Milton end. And it's headed half away, then loose in the penalty area. And put into the back of the net. It's acrobatic style. What a finish that is. Tino and Durin has got his first Portsmouth goal in some style. He almost had it a minute ago. He's got it now. Portsmouth 1, Gillingham 0. Good from Nichols through the legs. Still going Nichols past Raggett. Great chance for Gillingham and they've scored. Johnny Williams. Nichols has gone past both defenders, both centre-halves. Laid it to Williams on a plate. Couldn't miss from there. And Johnny Williams has his first goal for Gillingham. And it's all tied up at 1-1. Malone to take the throw down the left touchline. And that's the final action of this first 45 minutes here at Bratton Park. Portsmouth led for most of the half. But they will head into the break level after Gillingham equalised through Johnny Williams. Good first touch from Kamara. Breaking into the box. What can he do? He's got options both ways. Is he going to shoot? He'll go to White. Keeps it moving. Stevenson will hit it. And Stevenson will score! Portsmouth goal for Ben Stevenson, and it's a good one. Slotting it into the bottom corner from the D outside the penalty area. All round a well-worked Pompey goal. Portsmouth 2, Gillingham 1. Yangi looks around, he's 40 yards out, heading towards goal. Can he play Kamara in? Abu Kamara! It's saved by the goalkeeper. That was a chance to make it three, and one maybe Pompey should have taken. Oh, that's a careless pass from Clark. And Pompey have it through Sadie. They're on the attack. Yangi on the overlap. Yangi with the chance for Portsmouth! Oh, he's hit the bar! And over, and a goal kick and still 2-1. Fox is left, but great delivery! Great header! And there is the goal for Cassini Yengi in front of the Fratton end. Another wonderful left-footed Sparks delivery. Yengi makes no mistake this time. Portsmouth 3, Gillingham 1. Morell coming forward on the right-hand side. Now Kamara just outside the box. Kamara shoots, what a goal! What a magnificent goal from Abu Kamara with his left foot, curling it past the goalkeeper into the top corner from the edge of the box. A brilliant strike from Abu Kamara. Portsmouth 4, Gillingham 1. 40 yards out, Morel drives forward, over to the left-hand side. Sparks crossed, and oh, brilliant save. So close to finding the top corner. Great goalkeeper from Morris. Hits the near post shot, as he header! is into the back of the net. Has Towler got a touch on it? Riley Towler gets his first goal of the season. It's a shot as he header from a corner in front of the Fratton end. It's not quite as dramatic as a week ago. 
Towler taps it into the net. It's Portsmouth 5, Gillingham 1. The final whistle goes at Fratton Park, and there's a big cheer and lots of applause. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, there we go. Then the highlights of Tuesday's 5-1 victory for Pompey over Gillingham in the EFL Trophy. Those three points on top of the two collected against the Fulham under-21s back in August mean Pompey not only sits top of Skybet League 1, but top of Group E of the southern section of the EFL Trophy as well. And uh, as we've got plenty to get through this evening, I'm going to welcome in to my guests straight away. First of all, Director of the Pompey Women's, Eric Colborn. Eric, good evening. Good evening, Jake. And alongside myself and Eric this evening, uh, Blues fan, uh, quite the analytical person on Twitter as well, I'm sure you'll uh, recognise him. Jack Hancock, welcome back to the Footballer, mate. Yeah, cheers for having me, mate. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. February, I um, looked looked at the database. (laughs) Um, Yeah, do you know what, Jack? Since February, Pompey, I think I've only lost two league games. (laughs) Um, This current unbeaten run in the league, 23 matches. Of course, Tuesdays was an EFL trophy game, not called Papa John's anymore. a lot has changed and under John Massino he's really assembled this team that in league and cup whether there's suspensions injuries changes to the squad you're just confident the side will find a way to win yeah so that's kind of your way of saying whenever I come on we go on a really long unbeaten streak yes. so if I just come on every week I don't think we'll ever lose a game that's true uh, yeah no there's so much uh, quality and depth in this squad and they're also hungry and resilient and, and yeah it's great to see mm. 5,066 at Fratton Park on Tuesday night, Eric. Mm. Is the popularity of this competition increasing after a couple of years of um, well, boycotting and, and not people not being too fond of it? I tend to think it's more people just want to watch us play more. I think everybody you know, can't get enough of us at the moment. Um, we're playing such, uh, such a good style of football and uh, I think everybody just wants to see more. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, a dominant display for Pompey on Tuesday night. Jack, six changes to the side John Massini had made uh, prior to kick-off from that Tuna victory over Port Vale um, the previous Saturday. Um, we saw come into the team um, Ryan Schofield, Zach Swanson, Riley Towler, Tino Angerin, Gavin White, Cassini Yenge. Three of those players mentioned there. Jack, Towler, Angerin and Cassini Yenge back on the score sheet for Pompey. Um, let's start off with Tino Angerin then, that overhead kick. It was um, quite something, wasn't it, even if it was any yards out. Yeah, I mean, I remember in many years ago in the uh, in the Papa John's, or I think it was Czech trade at the time, uh, Brett Pittman was against, I think it was either Spurs under 21s or Arsenal under 21s, and he was laid down on the goal line and he scored an own overhead kick. So it's the second closest range uh, goal, uh, overhead kick I think I've seen in a, in an EFL trophy game. But yeah, that just kind of summarises his quality and his, his class. Uh, yeah, Tino is, is brilliant, isn't it? Do you think he needs any kind of games, Jack, to, to really get a, sort of his match sharpness, his match fitness up to speed and really get into the same rhythm as the rest of the squad? Yeah, I mean, not only is it minutes, but it's confidence against uh, a Gilliam team that are maybe low on it. And, and yeah, a, a goal like that is always going to make you happy. And, and yeah, it's just good to see him get a, get a start. I think it might have been one of his first starts. As a, I think the other one's in the league, but uh, yeah, minutes, minutes under the belt. OK, then let's catch up with Blues boss John Mussinio now. Max Swatton asked for his take on Tuesday's result and his size performance. Really pleased with the result and performance-wise, I think first half we were we were off it in quite a lot of areas and 
you know, second half, it was the complete opposite. I thought we were brilliant in the second half and, and fully deserved the four goals that we scored and put the game to bed really professionally. I uh, created even more chances than that. So, um, you know, overall in, in, in tough circumstances, you know, Gillingham have come here off the back of a win at the weekend and, um, you know, they went with a strong side and, uh, you know, it was, it was difficult for us in the first half. They made it difficult with some, um, with some good play and some good players. So I think to come away with the, the result that we did, I'm, I'm really pleased. Judging off your analysis there, I'm going to guess that the, the performance and the, the sort of goal just before half time didn't really change your half time team talk. No, not at all. Not at all. Actually, the the goal I thought they fully deserved, and uh, one of the messages to the boys at half time was, "Well, is the good news? It's one all, and I thought we'd been really, really poor, and I knew we couldn't be as poor as that in the in the second half. It probably really surprised me with how good the team actually did perform in, in the second half. Well, it didn't surprise me because I know they're capable of that, but I thought after the first half we just want improvement, and it felt like it was 50, 60, 70 percent we could give, and, and clearly uh, we were right. And yeah, there's there's things that we'll take on board in in terms of. Um, uh, our shape and the way we, we set the team up but I, I, I just think a lot of it was down to the way that we um, sort of applied ourselves at times in the first half and we can be a lot better than that. What are your most pleasing elements of that second half display? I think the uh, the way that we the way that we pressed, we were much more aggressive. Um, we, we kept the ball. We were much more calm and composed. Uh, and, and ultimately, I think putting the ball in the back of the net four times was um, was the most pleasing part of it. We created more chances than that, but yeah, you're never going to score all of them. So to put the ball in the back of the net uh, like we did and, and show that sort of ruthless streak and to, and to put the game to bed. We've had we've had some games uh, here where. Especially in the cups, we haven't been able to really you know, put sides to the sword and, and put them to bed. We really should have done. Fulham was a perfect example. We really should have um, seen that game off. But yeah, doing it tonight and, and ending the game very comfortably was, uh, I think, the most pleasing part of it. Tino on the score sheet for the first time in a Pompey shirt. What will that do for him? Yeah, hopefully it'll you know kick on to another level with with Tino. It was always planned that he was going to come off at half time today. Uh, we don't want to risk any more than that. So um, you know that was it was really nice to see him. I thought he showed some really really good glimpses as well in the first half. So uh, just before he scored, I think he had a really good chance as well. Possibly the one that led to the corner. But yeah, really pleased for for Tino and hopefully he kicks on from here. The most important thing for him tonight was the fitness. Another 45 minutes in the bank and he's got through it and that's that's really pleasing for us. Cash back on the score sheet as well. You must be delighted for him too. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cassini back in the fold. It gives us another option, different dynamic up top. And he scored again tonight. That's that's um, He's got a real knack of doing it. I think that's seven goals now this season. Uh, maybe could have had one more as well. So, you know, the more players we have scoring, the more players we have back fit to challenge for places in the squad, the better for us. And just quickly, how important was it to go into this sort of short break that the players are going to have on, on a highlight tonight? Yeah, we, we really focused on that before the game. You've got 10 days without a game now and, and you know, coming off the back of the weekend, we want that positivity. Uh, there were quite a few thousand fans here tonight and we obviously had to open the Fratton end, which is brilliant for, I think, uh, an EFL trophy. Uh, incredible. So from many, many standpoints, it was really important for us to win the game and um, go into, you know, we we're in tomorrow, going to tomorrow with positivity um, and then back training on Monday and, and really be at it. John Massinio, they're speaking after Tuesday's 5-1 victory for Pompey over Gillingham in the EFL Trophy. We haven't got time to go through all of the goals. There were plenty of them. Pompey took the lead on the uh, the 10th minute. Tino Andrew with that overhead kick we spoke about. It was one or a half time right before the break. Johnny Williams equalising for the Jills. And then it was a second half rampage uh, from the Blues. Ben Stevenson, you heard his goal in the introduction of tonight's show. uh, Curling an effort um, inside uh, into the goal after being teed up by Gavin 
White. That was in the 50th minute. Four minutes later, it was 3-1. Cassini Yengi started the game and uh, marked his return to the starting eleven with a goal. That's now five to him this season. In the 72nd minute, it was 4-1. Abu Kamara um, with arguably one that was competing with Ben Stevenson's goal for um, the, the pick of the game. Uh, another curl effort really from the opposite angle um, into the far left corner. And then it was 5-1 with 10 minutes to go. Riley Towler tapping home after Connor Shocknessy had ducked low to connect to a header from a Jack Sparks corner. Um, Jack, just speaking actually as someone, uh, one of your namesakes there, Jack Sparks, come into the side in the absence of, of Connor Ogilvy recently. What have you made of, of his introduction and look, on Tuesday night to assist with some absolutely peach of deliveries as well? I feel like I've got, um, not an apology, well, yeah, an apology to make to Jack. <laughs> um, so he, he started against Peterborough, I believe it was, and I put out a bit of a tongue in tongue-in-cheek tweet still not going to saying that properly um, kind of saying I, I'm not sure you should start a left back again and that was slightly tongue-in-cheek but I stand by my reasoning in that defensively it's still ropey but what's good to see is that he's really improving under the guidance of John Harley and Zesh Raymond I believe uh, and yeah he offers so much forward output superb cross of the ball great ball retention uh, solid shooting from what I've seen and yeah I, I apologise publicly to uh, to Mr Jack Sparks <laughs> he's done very very well in the last few weeks has Jack Sparks coming in for Conor Ogilvy who wasn't wrist on Tuesday night um, according to John Massino but could be back potentially for the visit of Carlisle United next Saturday um Speaking of John Massino there, Eric, manager of the month for September. Mm. Fantastic achievement. Let's hope that's not one of these uh, bad omens which comes to bite, him, bite us. Well, I'm rather pleased we're not playing tomorrow because uh, yeah, that, that's always the case, isn't it? Yeah. The sort of day after it's announced, the, uh, the you know you, you you hit the the wall. But uh, no, no, it's it very 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 well deserved. I think he must have one of the best records of any manager ever. Yep. Um, over the period of time, I mean, it's phenomenal, his record. Well, if you, if you think Kenny Jackett had the best um, managerial record at Pompey post-war um, over his tenure, then you'd like to think that only four league defeats for, for John Massino mm-hmm. um, since since January. Of course, unbeaten since March, when, yeah, absolutely right. I should imagine that would be, um, well, not just right up there, it would be on top. Yeah, I've not got the actual mm-hmm. stats to support that, but I don't think there's any doubt in that whatsoever. Um, speaking of Pompey, speaking of cup competitions, they're next playing the EFL Trophy, looking to secure their place in the knockout stages um, properly. Properly. I mean, they've already got one foot through the door, of course, uh, when they take on Leighton Orient on Tuesday, the 7th of November. That's an away match at Brisbane Road. 7 o'clock kickoff in East London for that one. Sticking to cup competitions, um, it was announced earlier this week that Pompey in the next round of Hampshire Senior Cup will play away to Fallen Sports. And the FA Cup first round draw is just around the corner. In fact, on Sunday afternoon, strange one, we don't really see FA Cup draws happen on Sundays, it's usually Monday evenings, but we'll take it anyway. Pompey will be num- ball number 36. So ball number 36, 2.30, that'll take place. The FA Cup first round draw, Pompey ball number 36. I haven't got time to go through each of the ball numbers because there are plenty of them. OK, it is time for a very quick break now here on Express FM. But when we come back, we'll move on from the men's game and shift our attention to the Portsmouth women. And their next league encounter away at Plymouth Argyle. <laughs> 
we've done a lot of work on Plymouth. We know exactly what they're about and the players know that they can't be complacent. You, you simply can't be. But there's a mentality about this group that we probably haven't seen from a Portsmouth women's group before. They're focused, they maintain concentrated and they want to win. They're hungry for success and, and hopefully we can get that. We'll be hearing the thoughts of boss Jay Sadler ahead of Sunday's league encounter, as well as more from director Eric Colborn, captain Hannah Horton and of course Jack Hancock too, when the football hour returns in just a moment's time. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. A very good evening and a warm welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. On to the Pompey women now then. They had a yet another superb result last time out against Billericay, putting them to bed early doors with a 7-0 win at Wesley Park on Sunday afternoon. Next up, Jay Sadler's side travelled to Plymouth in the first of three consecutive away trips over the next three weekends. I caught up with the Blues head coach to look ahead to that one but not before revisiting Sunday's hammering of Billericay. Jay, another league fixture coming up on Sunday. We'll look ahead to your trip to Plymouth in just a moment. But first, let's touch on last weekend's result. Another win, another emphatic scoreline, 7-0 victory over Billericay Town. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, Billericay have always been a a tough game for us. Um, Been tight game. We know they're a very transitional ball team and... It was the onus was on us to kind of dominate the ball and dominate possession. And I think we did that in large spells of the game. We were ruthless in front of goal, created some real good moments um, and took our chances when looking back at it, four entries into the into their box and four goals. Um, that's how ruthless it was at the start. And to go in at half-time 5-0 up was probably beyond our expectation. We know this group has a lot of quality. Um, we know we can deliver, but we're delivering that on a consistent basis now, which is obviously great to see. How pleasing is it for you to see goal scorers emerging from all over the pitch now? Nicole Barrett's a defender, but managed to brace in that one, including a worldie for free kick too. Yeah, no, we've played 19 players now um, this season in in all comps. 18 outfield players and, and 15 have scored, which is phenomenal when you look at the record. And as you said, we're getting goals from everywhere. Not only are we getting goals from open play, from counter-attacks, but we're, we're dominant on set plays, whether it be corners or, as you alluded to, Nick Barrett's free kick, which was a truly mesmerising strike. Um, obviously, from the dugout, it looked great, but having watched the replays, it's a sensational strike. You're no keeper saving that. Um, and yeah, it just shows the, the quality and depth we have, and it's, it's great to obviously be talking about how ruthless we are, and we're a free-flow and attacking team, but we've also got a look that we've only conceded two goals in seven games, kept five clean sheets, so at the other end, we're not conceding, and that's the ingredient to success. If you're not conceding, but you're scoring goals, you're only going to win games, which is superb. And we've just got to keep that going. And you mentioned it there. Not only was it efficient in front of goal on Sunday, Jay, but at the back as well, another clean sheet for your side. And that's now 50 clean sheets for goalkeeper Hannah Horton. Goes without saying, a fantastic achievement. 
112 games played for, for Pompey, 50 clean sheets. It's a phenomenal record. Um, and I know Han really well, and, and she'll tell you she wants more. Um, and that just is why she's continually growing and developing um, as a person, as a player. And she's phenomenal, not only on the pitch with what she does, but also off the pitch. Um, and rightfully, she'll give the credit to players past and present for their hard work in front. This year, we look more solid out of possession as a team. I think our in-possession structure enables a better connectivity between the units and therefore um, we're reducing spaces, reducing turnovers and, and giving no team an opportunity. But when teams do have those moments, we've got Hannah Horton to thank. She had a, a great 1v1 save against Moneyfields in the court. Fantastic free kick save um, against Oxford at home. And these are big moments. And if you, you need a goalkeeper in these big moments, I wouldn't pick anyone other than Hannah Horton. So Plymouth away on Sunday then, that's the first of three consecutive weekends of away fixtures, two league and one cup game in that run of matches. How much of an impact will all of this travelling have on preparing for such games, if of course any at all? Well, I've packed the suitcase, obviously three games on, on the bounce uh, away from home. Um, if anything, it gives us a good opportunity uh, to spend more time together, continue the, the group uh, building human connections. Got an overnight stay, obviously, at Plymouth this weekend. So travelling up on a Saturday, nice meal and um, a little bit of team bonding in the in the evening. Um, but we know we've got business at the end of the day, whether we're at home, whether we're away, stay over or not. Um, we're there to win, win games of football and win points. And albeit you're going into opposition territory, um, three teams who all are going to offer different problems and we've got to find the solutions, starting with this week against Plymouth. And, and that's where all our focus lies. We've had difficult games against Plymouth in the past. They're, they're a challenging team, um, defensively solid, and they want to frustrate. And that's how they set up to frustrate. And in the past, we've been frustrated by them. Um, and even at home at Baffins Milton last season, it was only 1-0. So we know it's going to be a difficult game. Uh, we know we have to come up with the problems. We've been um, searching for them this week in training, and we've got some real good outputs and outs about um, putting them into, into play on the game on Sunday. And what kind of reaction have you wanted to see in training this week ahead of this game, knowing the team will likely be on a high after such a great start to the season? Understandable, of course, to be enjoying this moment, but equally as important to remain complacent? Yeah, we, we, we wanted to see signs of humility as a group um, to understand that one win doesn't define your season, just like one loss won't define your season. Um, and we said that after hashtag, as, as cliche as it is, um, in order to, to win this league or be a competitor in this league, you need to be consistent. Consistent with every action, within every training session, within every game. Um, and you need to build that and build that momentum. And we, we, we feel like we've built that momentum and we've used the hashtag game as a bit of a catalyst. And what's gone behind us, we, we, we've left and we need to build upon that platform. But the next game is vitally important. And we've done a lot of work on Plymouth. We know exactly what they're about. And the players know that they, they can't be complacent. You, you simply can't be. But there's a, there's a mentality about this group that we, we probably haven't seen from a Portsmouth women's group before. Um, they're focused. They maintain concentrated. And, and they want to win. They're hungry for success. And, and hopefully we can get that. And I can imagine team selection is a difficult area right now for you. With these performances and results week in, week out, I guess it's difficult for you to make unforced changes whilst also wanting to you know, rotate and keep the entire squad happy. And it shows the, the growth um, for, for this football club um, from seven years ago when we probably had a starting 11 um, of senior players and young players that were competing to get into that squad. 
um, and and now the the boundaries have shifted with with a semi professional model. It means that you can have more starting players. Last season, probably fourteen or fifteen were at starting ready, um, whereas this season, all twenty two are are at a level that can compete um, in tier three. Um, so it does make the headaches um, bigger and makes the selections harder. But that's what we thrive off. That's what you want. It shows your growth, and you've got to be happy with that. And we talk about picking the right players, not the best players. Um, the best players won't always win your football matches, but the right players in right moments. And we have a workflow of, of obviously understanding what the opposition is, whether we want to change strategic strategic adaptations or player adaptations. And we know we're not going to keep everyone happy. No manager in any football club can keep every single player happy. But what you've got to do is keep them motivated. You've got to keep them motivated. You've got to give them understanding of where they need to develop, where they need to grow as human beings and as players. And then you need to bring that all together and win games of football. That's what players are motivated by is winning games of football and, and being clear with your messages, being transparent with the communication. And, and that's what we've tried to do this season. Jay Sadler speaking to me there ahead of this weekend's trip to Plymouth in the league. Uh, Eric Holborn, director of the Portsmouth women's team alongside us tonight. Eric, cracking starts for the campaign, eh? Yes, it's been a fantastic start, Jake. I've been absolutely delighted. And, and the 7-0 victory against Billericay last Sunday was... Uh, was well just <laughs> further proof of exactly how how good a side this is. And speaking to Jay there, he mentioned the fact the goals are coming from all across the pitch now. Nicole Barrett with a brace on Sunday, cracking free kick as well. Um, and it's not just the likes of Sophie Quirk and Danny Lane getting on the score sheet, but really the whole team contributing to to this monumental effort and, and, and really putting that confidence not just amongst the, the fan base coming week in, week out, 735 there mm. on Sunday. Just a real good feel factor for you know not only the men's side, but the women's team as well. Oh, absolutely, Jay, because I said before, I, I mean, I'm just delighted that we're playing such an entertaining you know, game. Uh, but it's, I, I believe it's so important that um, you, know, you do try and entertain. If, if this is what the game is about, it's about entertainment. Uh, people want to you know, come along, obviously, and be entertained. Yep. I know you can't always do that, but it, it, it's great that Jay's got the team playing in this really you know, um, aggressive and, and, and on-the-front-foot way and producing some incredible results. Do you think the defeat away at Hashtag a few weeks ago maybe spurred the team on to, to be even better in, in their sort of games following on from that? Do you think that, that maybe could have been a catalyst as well? Yes, I think it probably was. I think that, <laughs> not being funny, up to then nobody had really sort of tested the, the side. It was, it was just one of these sort of things that we were winning every week. But um, I think it just... Uh, it just brought everybody back down to earth and as Jay said it, it's literally about consistency wins leagues yeah. and you know we've got to just take one game at a time it's the next game that matters yeah. that's all that you've got to concentrate on uh, and if you if you work that way then come the end of the season you know I honestly believe that we will we, you know we, we will be there yeah now 50 clean sheets for Hannah Horton, captain she's been mm. made this season as well, becoming a bit of a club legend, Hannah. <laughs> Gosh, what a what a player, what a goalkeeper. Uh, phenomenal. 50 clean sheets in the women's <laughs> game is, is unheard of, yeah. totally unheard of. She She's a fantastic player and a fantastic person. And, well, obviously, club captain, needless to say, you know, and, and quite rightly so. Yeah. 
Eric Holborn, director of the Ports of Women. It's been great to have you on the show with us this evening. Pleasure, as always, is ours. Thank you so much once again uh, for coming into the studio to chat to us tonight. And best of luck Sunday. Thanks, Jake. Let's hear now from Pompey's captain, then. Hannah Horton spoke to me earlier in the week to preview Sunday's league encounter, as well as to talk about reaching that milestone of 50 clean sheets for the club. Hannah, only one place to start here. 50 clean sheets for you now after Sunday's 7-0 victory over Bidoriki. Congratulations. Thank you. No, it feels incredible to make that sort of achievement, especially with the team that I'm in, the team that I love. And like I said, I think I said quite a lot on socials, like credit has to go down to my teammates. Like without them, something like that wouldn't be possible. Plenty to shout about for you at the moment, of course, with the team's great start to the season, the fact you've been made captain and, of course, that achievement of 50 clean sheets too. Just talk us through the mind of Hannah Horton and, and how you're taking all of this in right now. Uh, I'm pretty much living on cloud nine, like... Like I said, when you first spoke to me about the captaincy, like I just, I'm still, I still don't have the right words to describe how I feel about it. It's still an honour. Every training session, every match day, and and now the the incredible start that the team's made to the, to the start of the season, and and the 50 clean sheets is just yes, it's just a fantastic moment. I'm loving every second of it and riding this wave whilst whilst I'm on it. Now, it's been a great start to the season, but still a long way to go, we know. How, as as captain, do you help prepare your team going into games with that confidence and momentum behind you? We take each game as it comes. Like We don't look too far ahead. We only look on the game that we've got coming up, so every training session is full focus. If you start thinking on things uh, that are outside you, you and your control and your team, then you're not really focused. So every Tuesday, we only focus on Tuesday. Wednesday's Wednesdays, Friday's Fridays, and then match days. That's the only game that we're thinking of during that week. We don't look at teams around us. We just, we play our game, we focus on us, and we are Pompey, and that's that's all we worry about, and that's all we think about. Now, given the events behind the scenes with the women's team receiving more support from the ownership of the club and the squad changes during a transfer window, we perhaps expected a real go at getting promotion this season. But did we quite expect the side to be blowing away as many opponents as, as we have done already this season? The hashtag defeat aside, there have been some incredibly big scorelines in Pompey's favour. With the team that we've got, I'm, I'm not surprised we've scored that many goals. In terms of the pressure that, that's being put on us, look, that's pressure that everybody else is putting on us. That's not pressure that we're putting on ourselves. As I said a minute ago, we take each game as it comes. We only focus on us and we're just playing how we know how to play. But the girls are absolutely incredible. Some of the players that we've brought in and the combination of those new players and our old players, like, well, I'll, I'll see enough of it when I'm in goal against them in training sessions. Um, but to see it paying off with all their hard work and everything that gets put in, and it's not just the players on the pitch, it's the players that are on the bench, the players that are in our squad, in our training sessions, the work that the coaching staff put behind it, week on week, training session and every, by every training session. Um, I'm not surprised by the goals. But at the same time, we're still amazing every Sunday that we come off and seeing the results that we're pulling off as well. It is, it is just, it's just, it's just class. So Plymouth away on Sunday, how difficult a challenge do you expect this one to be? Looking back at all our previous encounters with Plymouth, Plymouth always seemed to be a tough team for us. Whenever we've played them, there's always been a couple of goals in it. Uh, we've won some, we've lost some. I don't actually remember drawing. Oh no, we did draw. We we drew. I think it was twenty. 2018 at Home Park, we drew 2-2. Um, I think that was our only draw with them, but it's always a close game. Um, we're also playing on a new venue. We're, I think we're in somewhere called Tour Point, Tour Point FC. So that's a completely new venue for us. 
I'm not sure if they've played there before. I don't know. We don't we don't really know what to expect walking into that pitch. So it'll be a tough game. I know they've started the season struggling this, this season, but they picked up their first win. I think it was their first win anyways on Sunday. So it's shown that they've been improving. They've been working hard. They're not conceding that many goals. It's tight games. So yeah, it's going to be a tough test. It always is against Plymouth. And obviously it's a long trip as well. So hopefully keep working hard like we've been doing and hopefully it'll be a good result on Sunday. And just to conclude, will it be a test of a team having a triple header of away matches coming up over the next three weekends? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's quite long distance away trips as well, the next three <clears> as well. Um, look, that's part of football, isn't it? You play teams home and you play teams away. In the Cups, it's luck of the draw, whether you get drawn at home or drawn away. And like I said, we're prepared for every game. We focus on the, the upcoming game. The coaching staff will do their um, analysis and preparations ready for that, leading us into the week. So... We have a good idea of, of what we're going to face. And, of course, we want to be at home. We'd love to be at home every week with all our amazing fans. We had well, we had 735 on Sunday, which was absolutely incredible. But we've got to do our job whether we're at home, whether we're away. And it'll be tough because, like I said, we are away. But it's not something that, that we can't do and not something that we're used to because same amount of games home and away every season. <laughs> Blues keeper and captain Hannah Horton there discussing the feeling of reaching 50 clean sheets for Pompey as well as Sunday's trip to Plymouth Argar. Right, kick-off at AFC Tour Point is 2pm and that game is followed by trips to Rugby Borough and MK Dons. The girls are next at home at Wesley Park on Sunday the 5th of November. That is also against MK Dons because the one prior to that is a league match uh, in that away game um, for week prior. So, right. When we come back for the conclusion of tonight's show, we'll be moving away from the football side of things and looking ahead instead at what can happen behind the scenes in the minds of fans, players and staff alike. Tuesday marked Mental Health Awareness Day and after the break, we'll hear more from Jay Sadler as well as chairperson of United Minds, Brendan Bone. So more on the importance of mental health and providing support to those who may be struggling when the Football Hour returns after a short break. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Away from the on-field matters now and time to focus on some much more important matters off the pitch. On Tuesday just gone, the 10th of October, it was World Mental Health Awareness Day where we, as we should really every day, were urged to think more about what we can do to help those who need it and what kind of signs to look out for in those who may be struggling but unable to open up. And if you haven't seen it already, Norwich City posted a really, really powerful video on social media to highlight how those who do need our help can sometimes slip under net and go unnoticed, stressing the importance to keep checking in our lo- on our loved ones, our friends and even our colleagues, because you never know, even just a quick, hi, how are you? How are you doing? Or, or just offering an open, confident, confidential space could 
just save a life. So in light of World Mental Health Awareness Day on Tuesday, I've been speaking to those who have experienced these struggles firsthand, whether it's their own or helping to support somebody else. After our chat looking ahead to their game against Plymouth this weekend, Pompey Women's Head Coach Jay Sadler went on to speak about the importance of being there for those close to us, even if it is just for a chat, to take somebody's mind off of something that might be bothering them. It's extremely important and and what's fantastic now is the exposure that mental health is finally getting. And there's a real negative connotation around mental health. Whenever you say mental health, you always think negative, where mental health can also be positive. And obviously, we want to we wanna shift um, that stigma. Um, but to do that, you need to, you need to have empathy, you need to have understanding. But what you also need to do is show vulnerability. Um, the biggest thing I've learned, um, especially in my time here with, with, with the women's team, is that vulnerability is your biggest strength. It's not a weakness at all. If you're, if you're upset, if you're down, um, if you're not feeling yourself, um, accept it um, and 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 look to look to reach out to people and talk. But that that's the hardest thing sometimes is talking to people. You don't know what to say. You don't know who to turn to. Um, and I've had it with a, with a couple of people that have reached out. Fans have reached out, um, especially since obviously Evie Gain last season putting her story out. Um, and it's hard. You've got to have empathy. You've got to have understanding. And for someone like myself who I've never been through depression. I've never been through anxiety, albeit I get nervous before a match day, as you do. Um, but you've still got to show an open mind and, and you want to support. And, and what we try and do at the football club or what I try and do personally is do that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is vulnerability and, and empathy. Now, we know that it's not always easy for those who are struggling to build up the will or the confidence to speak to someone, whether it's someone they know or a healthcare professional. From your own experiences, do you have any advice for anyone listening who may be wanting to speak out but might not have that confidence to do so yet? Eva Gaines' interview earlier this year upon rejoining the club, we know inspired many to come out and open up. It was powerful and it would inspire people to talk and it did inspire people to talk. There were tens and, and, and of, of people that were, were coming out and speaking to Evie, speaking to me, just trying to find someone, whether it's a stranger, um, whether it's someone you know. Um, people are out there to listen. My DMs on my social media accounts are always open. They genuinely are because a life is 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 more valuable than anything. Um, money, time. Um, and I, I've come to to figure that out now that that time is more valuable dearly and the people that love you dearly um, and doing things that that uh, mean are going to make you happy and I understand people do get into a rut and people do they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel I've never been in that situation but you still got to have the understanding that people can get there but there is always a way out no matter how dark you think the the room is there's always someone out there that can help you switch the light on and, and um, not only have people got to try and talk and I know it's, it's easier said than done, but other people have also got to look at the signs. You only see what Norwich City put out, that video, I had hair standing on the back of my neck, I had a lump in my throat. If I'm being vulnerable just to go, wow, the, the signs aren't always there, but you've got to be alert to your friends, you've got to check in on them. And you've got to be around for them, whether they're male, whether they're female, whether they're young, whether they're old. Everyone goes through struggles and some of them you won't see, but you've got to be there to support them. How big a role does football play in supporting mental health charities? And in your opinion, what more can be done to provide aid in those involved with the sport, be it the fans, the players or even the staff behind the scenes? Football is is a powerful vehicle to support 
any um, kick it out with racism, whether it's promoting gender discrimination or whether that is promoting mental health. Football is it's more than just a sport. It really is. Um, it's, it's a way of life to a lot of people. It's going down. For me, it's spending time with my little boy, taking him to the terraces now at Fratton Park. Um, and then also at Wesley Park with the women's team. But it plays a much a much bigger role in society. And we've got to use it as a, as a vehicle. Players and, and staff within the game have a responsibility now to promote um, the correct things and, and to support local charities, whether that's being a part of it um, or whether that's um, channeling their messages and, and trying to expose on, on social media platforms and in, in society um, because when a player whether that's Hannah Horton or whether that's Will Norris, when they're out and about in the community, people see the badge, people see them and they'll listen to them but what you've also got to take is there are other people that might not have the reputation that are still there to help and support so um, yeah, football plays a massive part and, and, and we're, me personally I, I hold that responsibility dearly um, I think it's a great responsibility to have and, and it's one that I, as I said hold dearly and, and want to continue to help in, in any way I can Mm-hmm. Uh, and what kind of measures are in place in the Pompey Women's Fold to provide support to any players that may need assistance with their mental health or, or any similar required support? I think it's, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, easier said than done to go, oh, yeah, we need to support, we need to help. How are people helping? How are organisations going to help? Firstly, you've got to understand the people within your organisation, whether you're a business, whether you're a football club. Ultimately, you want to get high productivity, you want to get high efficiency on a football pitch in a work environment, but you've got to understand them as people. How do they take as people? What are their personality traits? Are they introvert or the extrovert? How do you support their performance? Is it always hostility? Is it transactional? Is it transitional? Um, so we put in wellness um, reports on every training, every every match, whenever we're seeing them to see how their, their mood is, how their sleep was, how their stress is, are they fatigued, um, to try and offer the support we can. And within our setup now, we've got a human performance department that comprises of a, a psychologist um, linked with the University of Portsmouth that can offer clinical and sport performance um, psychology and support with anything. Um, we also have a player care officer, James Cox, um, a little bit more focused on on, on the person and, and their roles outside of the football. Obviously, all our players are semi-professional. They also have jobs um, and it's finding the right balance, um, work to, to football balance and work to life balance and ensuring that players can utilise their time efficiently and effectively um, to overcome certain obstacles. And, and he's brilliant um, in supporting individuals with that. And then on the side, we also have our chaplaincy. Um, it's been going for a couple of years now. We link with Linvoy Primus and Chaplaincy UK. Um, and Debs has, has been brought in. She's a fantastic character, bundle of energy and enthusiasm. She's She hate me saying she's kind of the mother or, or the grandmother of the group. Um, but she's a soundboard. She's a soundboard. She's always there to help and support in, in any way she can. Um, but more so externally in confidence, you, you can reach out and speak to her. I have um, fortnightly uh, coffees at the 10th hole with her over cake and coffee. We can have our, our discussions and, and any external or internal issues that we just want to get off our chest and, and unshackle in a way. And we can go to Debs and she has one-to-one meetings with players if they call upon it. It's kind of more reactive, whereas the psychologist and, and the player care are more 
proactive with with putting in um, barriers and support mechanisms to help players and staff and we hold this really high because a number of clubs will will, will say they've got the right things but have they um, and it's about having the right actions and the right safety nets in place to support players in, in all facets and we're really proud um, as a football club to offer what we do offer not only to players but to staff as well. Yeah, Jay Sadler there with a really powerful a powerful interview talking about mental health and what we can do to try and look out for those who we think might be struggling and, and just to reach out to our friends and our family and our colleagues as well. Um, Jack Hancock, we're, we're going to hear from Brendan Bone in just a moment's time from United Minds. It's a, it's a football team that's been set up to help um, to help men suffering with, with mental health illnesses and, and their struggles just to really take their minds off things and, and, and play non-competitive football. And, and it's, a, it's a great scheme to, to do that. Football, Jack, has a very unique sort of opportunity here and, and has done for a long time to use the, the, the world stage and the, the social media presence it's got to really you know raise awareness of mental health issues and, and to help those that do need support to get it yeah I mean as someone who does struggle with my mental health at times you know especially anxiety and OCD which I'm, I'm getting treatment for in the next couple of weeks but I know it's a bit of a cliche but exercise helps so much and so does socializing and if you're a football lover, it doesn't have to be, you know, Sunday league getting smashed to bits by you know, four year old centre halves. It can just be like little local games that will kick about with your mates and just chatting and getting some stuff off your chest and, and yeah, getting moving, uh, getting talking to people, even if it's just about nonsense, it, it, it helps so much. Yeah, it really, really does just to help, just to get talking, get whatever's on your chest. Um, off it really <laughs> really share those thoughts of course it's very difficult um to do so right let's hear now from uh, brendan bone of united minds i'm joined this evening by brendan bone chairperson of united minds uh, brendan thanks for calling in tonight for those who may not have heard of united minds could you please just give us a bit of an overview on what it's all about yeah certainly so um united minds are an organization that um that, that were founded around three years ago um initially by a football match um that was um uh, organized to raise money for for minds the uh, the mental health charity and got a lot of people involved in that um but um since grown over the last um three years um how we work basically is we have a, a group of guys that are, are on a, a whatsapp group and they, they share their experiences share how they're feeling that sort of stuff but we also organize a lot of football matches raise funds through that with the ultimate aim of providing um funds for guys to be able to get counseling uh, and get help with their mental health mm, fantastic uh, and what made you want to get involved with this um I was actually a, a friend of mine, um, George Hill, has been involved really since the um, uh, virtually since the beginning of the organisation. And um, I met George through Football for Cancer, one of the other um, sort of big charity organisations in Portsmouth. Um, I've also had issues personally from a mental health perspective over the last couple of years. Um, and George and I were just chatting. So initially, I just got involved for the football. Um, I'm probably the oldest member of the team, um, which is fine. I've got no problem with that. We've got a lot of uh, guys that range anywhere from sort of 18 up to, to sort of mid-50s and 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 um, those guys come in and out depending on when where we're playing games and that sort of thing. So got involved initially from a football perspective and, and then just really bought into what we're looking to do. Um, so we've since formed a board where we're moving towards um, full charitable status and, um, and yeah, it's, 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 things have really gathered a pace this year. So mm. Now, we've all got a big part to play on a personal level to help our friends, family and, and you know, our colleagues if they're struggling. But what, what kind of role do you think football has in providing support for those who need it? And, and how can we continue to utilise the power of the sport to help spread awareness? 
I think for me, we're you know anybody that's that's either encountered friends or family that have have, have got issues with mental health or or have seen the, uh, uh, and issues and bits and pieces in the news and the media, um, the NHS is on under massive amounts of pressure um, with funding and 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 things like mental health um, assistance as 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 not taken a back seat, but it takes a lot longer to get referrals via the NHS. Um, so what we wanted to do is to try and provide. The opportunity for men in our local area, men, lads um, in our local area to, to be able to access funding, to be able to get counselling quicker. Um, but the power of sport really is about we're bringing the guys together. We have regular um, kickabouts on a Tuesday night, which happened at Westbourne. Um, we also do talk nights twice a month um, the, the, on, on a Monday. I think it's the second, first and third Monday of the month. Uh, where guys can just come in and just talk about their feelings in, in, in a non-judgmental environment. Um, and then the football matches that we've done over the course of this year um, to raise money for both our funding, but also for for other people suffering from other um, from other issues, bits and pieces. We did a match earlier in the year for Mason Pedal, who sadly passed away um, from from from, um, from suicide. Which again is that these are the the talking points and the things that we need to be talking with our mates around. So what we're trying to do is give people the platform to talk in a non non judgment judgmental way to peers to, to to friends but also at the same time being able to go out play football and 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 really get involved in in something that from a from a mental health perspective exercise is massively important so and how much of an impact on people's lives have you seen during your time with united mind so far um in terms of the results that we're seeing um in the early days we've already got four guys that have come to us and said that they need assistance and it's said these are really early days in terms of this route that we're going right down in terms of providing funding for counseling um, but we've already seen four guys come to us and we've helped them find counsellors and we're financing that counselling. And already we're starting to see the benefit of that, um, which is the structured side of the things that we do. But in terms of the um, the football, you know, we're, we're bit helping people build friendships. These guys have, would never meet in 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 some um, in some situations. Um, so having the opportunity to come play football um, within, again, a non-judgmental way, because we all know that, Football, even in the grassroots, can be pressurised in the terms of everybody wants to win. We're doing it from a from an opportunity to give people the chance to to, to just come on and just, just come and just forget about what's going on in their in their lives and 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 just play football. Whether that be the Tuesday kick and night, whether it will kick about, whether that be the charity nights, um, it's just an opportunity, as I said, for them to come and play football and just let go of that stress for ninety minutes. So. Would you have any sort of message or, or advice to anybody listening who may be going through troubles with their mental health, but maybe they don't have the, the confidence or perhaps desire yet to reach out to someone? I think we all need to recognise that the well, there are clear signs in changes of patterns around people for, for, for and their mental health. I'm a mental health first aider and again, being involved in, in United Minds has, has sort of got, made me want to do that. <clears throat> but we also know that the, there are in some cases, no signs at all. So we we need to be strong enough just to turn to our friend or our family and just say, look, I'm struggling here. Can you talk about it? But at the same time, we have to be able to recognise that we're quite happy to say to somebody, how are you doing? And even if they turn around and say, yeah, I'm fine, ask them again how they're doing. Because the, the power of communication, the power of talk is, is, is massive. And it's the only way that we're ever going to help the lot of, of people that suffer with their mental health is by talking and, and most importantly by listening. So um, I would just say to anybody that ask your, ask your mate, ask your family member how they're doing and if they say they're fine, ask them again how they're doing and just try and get them talking. So. 
Brendan, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time tonight. How can people listening, if they want to get involved, how, how can they get in touch with you guys? So we're on all of the social medias um, in terms of uh, um, accessing and what we've done, what we've done in the past. It's um, showing as United Minds Hampshire. So if anybody searches on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, United Minds Hampshire, we also got a podcast that one of our guys on the board runs, which is called A Problem Halved. Um, there are eight episodes of that so far, which are available on YouTube, Spotify. But yeah, look for United Minds Hampshire. All our details are there. Yeah, really, really, really big thank you to both Jay Sadler and Brendan Bone for their respective interviews uh, this evening. Talk about mental health in football and what we can do to try and support those who might be struggling, um, even if we even if we don't quite know it. Um, if you are struggling out there, if you are listening to the show and, and, and some of this maybe does hit home, you, you haven't spoken about it, or you have spoken about it, um, if you do need support, then as Jay Sadler mentioned within, within his interview, his DMs are always open. I can say the same about myself. We are always here to talk at Express FM please do get in touch if you want to just have a chat about something it doesn't even have to be football I do have other hobbies as well trust me I do not many but I do um, if you don't want to talk to any of us absolutely fine there are healthcare professionals out there as well visit mind.org.uk you've got their info line 0300 123 3393 there's youngminds.org.uk rethink.org and a bit closer to home hiveportsmouth.org.uk all of those provide some fantastic support for those who are struggling with mental health matters. And like I say, if you ever want to get in touch with us here at Express FM, please do. I speak for myself at least on behalf of that. Get in touch at Jake Pompey Smith on Twitter, even if you just want to have a chat. Well, that is, I'm afraid, all we've got time for for tonight's edition of the Football Hour. Big thank you, like I mentioned there, to the likes of Jay Sadler, Brendan Bone, Hannah Horton, who we caught up with earlier this week as well, and of course, Max Swatton, the media team, and John Massino for letting us um, replay their interviews on the Football Hour this evening as well. Big thank you to Eric Colborn. He's now on his way home to rest up for a busy weekend. And uh, finally, Jack Hancock in the studio, still with us tonight. Um, for his contributions tonight. Jack, thank you very much for coming in. Pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, cheers, mate. And I'd like to echo the sentiment as well. My DMs are always open. I can't offer amazing advice, but I'm always here for a chat. Absolutely. Jack, thank you very, very much. Right, coming up here on Express FM for this evening, right after the news at seven. An old school show with Steve Randall, School Days. If you remember riding on the land train of South Sea Seafront, watching Back to the Future at the ABC Cinema and Commercial Road, all nights out at Granny's at the Tricorn. I don't know. Well, School Days is the show for you, according to Steve Randall. Hip Shaker is back from 9 through until 11. And, of course, tomorrow there is no Pompey game. The men are out of action until next Saturday due to the international break. The Football Hour returns Monday evening from 6. We'll be talking about the Pompey women's trip to Plymouth and hopefully enough of three points for them and highlighting, uh, hopefully, uh, some more positive performances for Pompey's international players. But until then, Blues fans, have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you Monday. Take care and good night.